Hey guys, this is Ralph Macho. Hey, what's up, y'all? This is William Zapka. You're listening to Cobra Kai Companion, the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Cobra Kai Companion, and I am Peter, and you guys, Season 5 is here. In this episode, we're going to talk about all the spoilers and all the details, so I hope I hope that you guys finished up Season 5. Uh, you know, Hopefully, you completed your binge before starting this episode, because we're going to get into details. We'll probably be bouncing around, so this won't be a situation where you can pause an episode and come back. Uh, just... Finish your season five binge and then come back to this episode. But joining me today is Fred Topel, who has been on here before, where we talked about the uh, Netflix is a joke, Cobra Kai live and badass. Say that uh, five times fast. But uh, he's back again. Thank you, Fred, for joining me. Thanks for having me. It's been great to get closer to you over the seasons of Cobra Kai. Yeah, likewise. Uh, I've been joining your articles, sharing them in our Facebook group. For those that don't know, we have a Facebook group. And um, yeah, it's it's always nice to uh, collaborate with somebody who is very familiar with this world as well. Uh, so before we uh, kind of get into like the, the full recap of season five, um, I, I, I don't want you to tip your hand if you have a piece coming out on the same day. But uh, anything you'd like to share on your first initial uh, viewing of the uh, season? Yeah, um, there's a lot of really strong work in season five. It does some really interesting things with a lot of the character relationships. And I think that's the real strength of the show continues to be, you know, as great as the badass action is and all the fight scenes. You really keep caring about the characters, no matter how wild and outrageous some of the Cobra Kai stuff gets. And it gets kind of pretty outrageous this season. Um uh, it always comes back to Miguel and Samantha and Robbie and Tori, uh, obviously Daniel and Johnny, too. But uh, really, the biggest strength of the show is the the new cast of characters it introduced, not only in season one, but as it goes along. And if anything, my reaction to season five is that they've reached the point where they probably need to go a little bit longer in episode count or maybe move to closer to an hour long show uh, to really give us enough time with all these characters because uh, you find yourself uh, wanting a little more Kenny. And now that Devin gets so much to do, a little more Devin, uh, you don't want to see them rushing through any storylines. The bigger the, the bigger the Cobra Kai world goes, you want to make sure there's time for all of them. And that's a high class problem to have that they've created so many great characters that we don't just want to stick with Daniel and Johnny every week. Not yeah, every week. I no, no, right. <laughs> Imagine if this show was a, a <laughs> weekly show, uh, but but maybe we would get our hour, which would be closer to like, you know, 42, 43 minutes there. Um, I completely 100% agree with everything you said there. Um, they have like, it's, it's a great problem to have that they have all these great characters. And, you know, I do wish that it was a little bit longer. And, um, you know, I, I do feel like, in my opinion, I, I thought the Mexico storyline was going to be a little bit longer than two episodes, but 
when you when you introduce like a, a brand new sensei that has uh, ties to a previous character from uh, Karate Kid Part Three, uh, you you're bringing back Chosen from Karate Kid Two, and you know a little bit of Season Three. You got to find you know some some weight to cut in order to uh, bring these characters uh, to light and and to include them in the current storyline as well. And so I, I I feel you know they do great with what they uh, have the ten episodes thirty some odd minutes. Um, and, uh, you know, they are continuing to tell their narrative. And um, I think with this season, Fred, do you happen to have I, I kind of started this last year when I gave my one word uh, review of season four. I said growth. Uh, and then I asked uh, Ralph and Billy at Paley Fest about season five. I asked Martin Cove when I was a guest on his show. Do you have a word that you would describe season five? One word is hard to encapsulate. I probably would have had to prepare it before we started recording and whittle it down to one word. Um, let's see. Uh, I think I'm getting there. I would say... While you're thinking about it, um, at Paley Fez, Billy gave me mind-blowing, which I will say, okay, we'll hyphenate that. But then he continues <laughs> to give his opinion, non-spoiler, about season five, also mentioning that uh, every season kind of has been its own thing, which I agree uh, as well. So my, my mind word for those that read my non-spoiler review, I kind of gave a word, but then I gave a lot more other words. But while you're thinking about that, my word's maturation. You know, and I think that's um, it's a play on growth. Like, you know, um, I, I think in season four, uh, that growth kind of pertained more to like the the writing style and the look of Cobra Kai and also um, acting from Griffin, Tanner and, and Peyton from from my standpoint with season five. I think the maturation comes with all of those and, and uh, supporting uh, actors, but also the growth, uh, the maturation of our freaking characters, <laughs> you know, that the rivalry of one Daniel LaRusso and Johnny Lawrence, like finally they, there's a one point where you're like, Oh, is Johnny gonna take this the wrong way? But no, Johnny has matured in, in a few episodes here where he's like, you know what? No, you know, and wasn't afraid to kind of say it. So um, yeah, I think a lot of maturation from many of our characters this season. Yeah, I think you're right. And I can't reduce it to one word, but I think that maturation also speaks to like a, a lot of characters think maybe they're done with karate and maybe that's best for everyone. And part of maturation is and is realizing no giving up isn't the answer either. And as much as you know, pe people might sarcastically say through four or five seasons of Cobra Kai, boy, karate just makes uh, everything more hostile and more violent. Maybe they should stop. Well, just stopping isn't the answer either. Uh, it's not just that there's a balance. It's that I think, yes, fighting is difficult and can cause pain, but also not, not fighting can cause a different kind of pain when you don't stand up for what you believe in. So it's definitely picking your battles. Maybe picking your battles is a good three-word summary. Uh, uh, and that might be as few as I can do it. Um, I think that's a great theme for the season. And I think that's what M Mr. Miyagi always talked about, too. Uh, be best strategy is not be there. Uh, but even Mr. Miyagi knew sometimes you had to handle things. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, we we hear that there's a, a, apparently a history of him 
having to uh, fight these battles that we we don't know about. So uh, hopefully that's something that we get to see uh, sometime in the future. You know, we um, had this uh, documentary, you know, more than Miyagi about Pat Morita and things, um, you know, footage that we did not see before. So perhaps there's uh, something like that for Mr. Miyagi, not like, you know, uncovered footage or anything like that but just like just more content you know like cobra kai you, you kind of alluded to it that uh you know we're kind of on the on the back half or third of its run you know we hear that there's an end game but we don't know exactly how many seasons they have planned or outlined um so yeah it'll be very interesting to see what we see in the next uh season if and when that gets greenlit and anything possibly after that because we don't know um let's see subplot uh expecting it to be longer uh i don't know what i expected but i i thought that was a good amount of episodes to devote to it because you do want to get back to the main uh group of kids and you know they were back and forth between uh mexico and daniel and chosen in the valley but uh I thought they I thought they had a good arc in those two episodes. Uh, and I'm sure we'll talk more about Miguel's storyline this season. But that was the first of a few times uh, Jolo got to really uh, deliver some emotional work. You know, and after seeing him in 408, I wasn't sure what to expect. But uh, during my first watch, I thought of hashtag um, crying Miguel season. You know, <laughs> we got about three instances where, uh, he, you know, he had that, yeah, the open mouth cry. And you just want to console him, you know, just just feel terrible for him. But you're, you're right. I mean, um, two episodes. Is because he waits until none of the other characters around for much more of those scenes, he is keeping it all contained. So by the time he lets it out, I mean, not only does Miguel need that, but we need it as the viewer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It it, it just stings a little bit more, doesn't it? Um, yeah, two episodes is good if it was like some of those other shows like on AMC where it's like 12, 13 episodes. I, I think a third could have been good. And um, may, maybe this is where we kind of like transition into um, going into a recap again. Disclaimer slash warning that we're going to get into heavy details and uh, plot points. You know, um, season five's out. Go finish your binge first. But uh, let's talk about that Mexico storyline. Like, I feel ever since uh, season two, you know, Carmen mentions like, oh, she's seen this game face before, kind of implying like, you know, she's seen this in his dad. And so I, I think like the two episodes in Mexico was was really good. But I also thought there was going to be a little bit more of his father other than like, okay, my mom was right. Um, you know, she, she left him for, for a good reason. He's not a good dude, but also while down there, you know, we have some really great wholesome moments between Robbie and Johnny, but also you see Robbie, um, kind of like overhearing like Johnny's conversation with Carmen. It's like, wow, you know, he really does care for like Miguel and Carmen, the DS family, you know, so you kind of see that uh, as well that like, you know, um, that's how much the DS means to Johnny. And I think that kind of like gets Robbie on board a little bit later on. But yeah, your, your thoughts on the Mexico storyline. I thought they did a really good job of certainly that transition where it, when he first meets uh the guy everything seems good and he's being welcomed into his new family 
and it suddenly turns when they're in the club and he gets really paranoid. And I thought that was pretty accurate to how suddenly someone can show their true nature after putting on a good front. And it was a, it was enough danger to put Miguel in so that he can see how dangerous a man he is uh, without being too heavy handed. Like he's a big time criminal and like, it's a breaking, suddenly a breaking bad storyline. And, you know, it was a real decision on Miguel's part to not reveal who he was. But I also think uh, you're right that, a good half of that storyline is Johnny and Robbie's journey to bring Miguel home. And by the time they find him, I think that also really shows um, on Miguel's side, you know, how much he realizes Johnny can be a father figure for him. There's still a lot to resolve there with the, uh, uh, I love you, Robbie. Um scene from season four and uh i I think that's going to continue in subsequent seasons too but it's the beginning but it's the beginning of seeing how family can be what you make not necessarily who you were born to yeah no absolutely and uh i feel that when we get that moment um of the uh, slip of the tongue by by Johnny in front of Miguel and Robbie, I feel that that uh, reaction was very earned, you know, for for the two boys who are like, wow, hey, congrats, dad, you know, that kind of thing. So uh, I, I really do like that. I, I, I find it really like, you know, I'm not part of the academy. And so I don't get to vote and my two cents don't really amount to anything. But the the intricate storytelling that the the writers, the filmmakers, the directors, the the, the editors, you know, the all, all the things that they have to do, um, like the, and I don't even call them shortcuts. They have to find very creative ways in, uh, you know, kind of relaying like certain ideas, messages, and narratives, uh, just from like the direct direction of acting too. I kind of mentioned like that the moment where um robbie is like fixing the tire while watching johnny on the phone that that could have been like dialogue but you know with the time constraint possibly that maybe they said well what if robbie just kind of gives like a knowing look and that kind of gives you a little a little bit more than like some dialogue that they probably would end up cutting or something like that so we continue to find out that every episode is usually longer than what we ended up getting um you know in this uh jam-packed season uh uh, any favorite moments from the storyline uh, in, in Mexico? Because we, we got so much. Um, the, the, another thing about season five, Fred, I, I feel that I, I already picture like so many screenshots from the season, like more than any other season, just because like the different locales, the reactions from certain characters, uh, things that happen. But I feel also it's going to be like meme heavy. There's going to be so many memes. There's so many quotes you know, like I, I uh, kind of teased my non-spoiler review, um, calling this like the the best like Karate Kid sequel because it's it's so eighties. It's full of like, you know, movie and TV tropes, like in the best way because like they're so known for subverting their own tropes. Now we're getting like a lot of tropes that we see in like uh, other movie and, and and television, but with like our characters. Like I feel this, you know, it's like a like a two part movie, kind of like Kill Bill Volume One and Two. This is like uh, Karate Kid part four since there's the next credit card part four uh 
colon like cobra kai volume one and two um turn next karate kid into karate kid five <laughs> yeah yeah see exactly so you know you got the return of all, all your favorite characters uh team ups and alliances that you've um could only have dreamed of up until this point um yeah i i like uh you know i want to give a shout out to sensei pilani which i i have on uh, other episodes she was you know a guest on episode 406 for that review but um I, I don't know if we want to say she coined the term, but the very first time I've heard this was out of her mouth or her fingertips, rather, is a peak Johnny. And I feel season five is hashtag peak Johnny, because if you loved all those silly Johnny moments in the pre previous seasons, you, you, you get them like on steroids here in season five. <laughs> There's definitely a lot of that, but also a lot of him coming through. Yes, absolutely. Like, I'm just thinking about like the... Uh, when he's, he's picking up items from like the convenience store like the fbi t-shirts but um he got like a like a phone card and says like uh like u.s american minutes or <laughs> yeah i i think one thing uh that's great about johnny this season is you see him being uh fatherly as much as being a sensei because you know certainly trying to resolve uh the feud between Robbie and Miguel is more than just being their teacher. Uh, it's being both of their fathers really. Um, and yes, he does that in a very Johnny kind of way, making an escape room in his apartment. Uh, and then uh, you also have things like the Uber episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah the, a little Easter egg there um, on that episode. I, I believe Episode was it three or four? I don't know if you remember, but um, which whichever episode that was, that was uh written by um newcomer Ashley Darnell. Uh, apologies if I mispronounced that, but uh, the the Easter egg is she is the one that he calls an asshole <laughs> after she uh, uh departs the van. Um, I I, I it might have been the one star for the uh, spelling like beer. I I forget, but it's. It's a young lady that that uh, exits the van and he says whatever and says asshole, you know, kind of under his breath. That was that was the writer. So um, I, I did like that. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think uh, anything else from the Mexico storyline before we, we move along. Oh, what did you think about um, Sam's phone call with Miguel in that first episode uh, about how uh, she you know she was like well you weren't in my corner and he's like how could you think about karate right now um yeah that's i mean that's the beginning of a season long storyline and it's it's very relevant i want to say they're both not wrong but uh but i i think it also speaks to how and one of the things the show is so good at is when you're a teenager everything feels like the most important thing in the world and it takes maturity as you mentioned to gain perspective so yeah it wasn't the best time for miguel to leave uh for his mexico trip um and yes Obviously, Miguel is going through something that uh, it's tricky because Sam's feelings are relevant and they're just not 
the only things and uh, that's that's the sort of uh complicated maturation you have to deal with which as we see some of our adult characters are still learning too absolutely uh even as adults we can uh, continue to learn how to mature um I, I I do like it. Like the very fir- first time I watched it, I was a little kind of like, oh, geez, Sam. But then like if you think back to that episode uh, 410 in, in the finale, you know, they have their talk and, and you know, so him dipping out, you know, kind of un- un- untimely, but also, yeah, nobody expected it. So for Sam to kind of find out that, yeah, he left her corner. I can understand that. And um, with it's a lot. Uh, it it absolutely is, and at you know seventeen years old, um, that's that's a lot to process uh, with everything going on, and she's fighting like her biggest, you know, opponent uh, in life physically at the, at this point, um, and she's been battling Tori for seasons, and uh, with with Miguel, like, you know, it's is also Sam is the first person that he calls, and you know this 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 rift in the relationship it kind of this is kind of where it, it starts and it sends uh, Sam off on, on a path where she wants to kind of like uh, rediscover herself and kind of um I don't know maybe reconcile with like uh, all the wrongdoings she has in the past and just with without anybody to kind of um maybe not get in her way is the, is the right phrasing of it but uh you know just not having to worry about somebody else I I, I can see um you know, just kind of needing to be free to go on this journey and find herself. Uh, I believe it happens in the second episode, but you know, it, as long as we're kind of like not jumping around too much, but the um, the very first trailer that you got to see at the live and badass, where uh, they re- they revealed the trailer, and we saw like Sam, and we all thought it was like some sort of like dream state, which is you know it's not too far off. She actually goes to like this uh, um, what well, what is it like uh. I forgot what Moon calls it. Yeah, the sensory pod. Uh, what 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 did you think about the, that sequence? Uh, I was thinking, wow, they really pulled off a Matrix special effect to make that work. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty seamless. Sam fighting herself uh, in very dramatic way to express that. Yeah, I I thought that was filmed really well. Um, I feel like it was Muriel Woods. Uh, I, you know, I'm still kind of learning like who did what. The surprising thing to me, Fred, I don't know if you noticed it, but did you notice that John Jackson Hayden didn't write or direct any of these episodes? Uh, no, I thought I saw some of their director credits, but uh, no, if uh, if it if if it was uh, other staff writers and directors, that's cool. Yeah, uh, they were all uh, mostly familiar names um, from the previous seasons. I think uh, Ashley Darnell was the... Going to the next episode so fast, I didn't even read the credits. Oh, I tried to stop that. You're right, though. The Netflix thing is quick, right? It would just be like, you know, watch credits or next episode. And and but by the time I could find my remote, it's already asking me the, for my PIN number. But um, yeah, I, I tried to like go back and, and kind of read the credits. But also uh, like the opening credits, like sometimes you can catch it, too. If uh, like I, I tried to pay attention like to the opening scene and whatnot, but I also try to catch a glimpse. Like I know it's adapted to television by TB3, but then I'm also like, okay, who directed this? I think it was like Joel Nova and um, Steven Tashida who directed the first episode because you got some parts that were filmed in like Puerto Rico that's supposed to be Mexico and then the other stuff in Atlanta. So uh, so that, that was interesting there to see that. Um, so uh, Chosen, uh, we uh, the, the opening 
episode, we see a different side of Chosen. We've never seen before. Uh, <laughs> what do you think of about his uh, introduction to the valley? Uh, yeah, they have some real fun with his persona from the Karate Kid 2 uh, and what he's like as a middle-aged man now. Um, and for me, the biggest thing about chosen being involved in every episode this season is that he calls daniel daniel-san and he's the first person to do that since mr miyagi so that's uh that's profoundly big uh you know to bring that moniker back uh and to you know to have another i guess he's a mentor in some ways also you know refer to or even just a, a friend referred to him as Daniel's son. That's very Karate Kid. It is, and you know that's um that, that's kind of what he called him in the second movie, right? So uh, things are definitely better for them now. But even when they were rivals, he still called him Daniel's. Well, when they first met, anyway. Um, I'm trying to remember because well, he called him coward and, and baby and all, all these other things. I, I think we, yeah, we, we did like a watch along one day and we were doing like a baby slash coward count by chosen for the second movie. Um, it's yeah, that's an interesting uh, observation you made. I, I didn't even pick up on that, that that was the, uh, at least in the U S cause I'm trying to remember if maybe Kumiko might've said it. Cause then she would have been the first in the series before before chosen shows up but at, at least in the that u.s could be true i don't remember but i mean it, it not uh, it, the point isn't so much uh making him the first uh to bring it back but that uh but that daniel son is so consistently used in this season uh, it Absolutely. really reminds you that uh that's what uh those movies were about daniel son learning lessons throughout each one Absolutely. And um, did you also get get the vibes that uh, Ch- Chosen was was um, uh, like a lot of his comedic relief, you know, moments were like very Miyagi-esque, you know, like I, I feel there's you, you see kind of bits and pieces of like uh, Sato, you know, when, when he's uh, an actual sensei with, with the Miyagi-Do kids uh, or Sensei Joe, or whichever you want to call him. Um, but but also like you, the, the humor. You know, like I feel that's very on par with like what pa- Pat Morita did with Mr. Miyagi, and then like we also get like that that Karate Kid two like badass chosen as well. Like I, I see like all the all the colors of those three characters. That's interesting. I hadn't picked up on that, but uh, because I thought the Miyagi Do lessons were pretty consistent with uh, what they'd been in past seasons, um, so. Yeah, I mean, they're all uh, paying homage to Mr. Miyagi in some way. Absolutely. I I feel this might have been like a bit of a reach, but, you know, maybe somebody else uh, picked it up, picked up on it as well. It's the episode Bad Bad Eggs, I I believe, episode eight, uh, maybe Um, seven or eight, somewhere uh, thereabouts. But um, when he's like uh, handing out all the different eggs and explaining this uh, this exercise that they're doing, uh, somebody questioned like, "Oh, are these you know the eggs to the the bird that he was referring to, the endangered uh, bird?" And um, he's like, "No, Trader Joe's," and, and gives like the price that it, it like I felt that was a, a callback to the Credit Kid 
part one where Daniel asks Mr. Miyagi about his belt. He's like, oh, JC Penny, 198 or 298 yeah. or something like that. Uh, so I, I, I kind of, uh, and then when, when I heard Chosen say that, that's where I was like, oh, I wonder if some of these comedic moments is supposed to kind of be like, you know, like, um, you know, we've kind of missed the, the Miyagi character in the previous seasons. And what better way to have is like a, kind of an indirect, like the, you know, these are the last legacy characters for the, the Miyagi-Do, right? This is something my buddy Mike over at Kai, uh, Cobra Kai Wisdom pointed out that uh, there there's no bloodline of Miyagi-Do. These, these, this generation and the, the new class, this is the last of them. And I was just like, oh, wow. That's like, I, I that never even occurred to me. That's a good point. They, they're always undercutting that not everything is ancient Japanese wisdom. Some of it's just practical. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see here. Um, where, where do you want to go next? Well, which character? Um, in, in the early first three episodes, we also got the reintroduction of the bad boy of karate, Mike Barnes. Yeah. And uh, I know a lot of people have been waiting for him. And what what did you think of uh, Mike Barnes in season five? Well, at, at this point, we're pretty familiar with how Cobra Kai is able to rehabilitate uh, some of the more outrageous characters from the series. And uh, they did the same for Mike Barnes, sort of acknowledging what he was in the Karate Kid 3 is pretty outrageous. Uh, so he's had he's had time to mature also uh so yeah it was certainly a nice moment he had with daniel uh and then uh what happens with chosen is pretty funny i was a little worried uh when mike comes back at the end that he was gonna regress but it it worked out pretty yeah um on, on that very topic they they really got me too once uh you know the the opening of five ten, where it's revealed that Mike Barnes is the one that drove off in that stretch limo. It, it, he was like, uh, "I'm paraphrasing, but you know, he says something like Russo. You know, ever since you came back into my life, like everything's gotten worse or whatever it, it was." And I was just like, "Oh my God, he's he is not wrong." You know, <laughs> I was like Mike Barnes is about to kick his ass right here, and so I, I really thought he was going to go there, but uh, you know, That's drunk. That's been sort of a theme of the season. Even Daniel reaches the point where, where he's like, you know, trying to fight Terry Silver and Cobra Kai only leads to trouble. So let's just uh, back out of it. But that that doesn't solve any of the problems either, and that just you know tries to mask the hurt and pain. So. Uh, so it's like just as he and Amanda and Johnny and Chosen have reached a point where they're able to deal with Terry Silver without compromising their real lives too much, you know, then they run back into Mike, who legitimately has had his uh, life and business destroyed by Terry Silver just for uh, con- conspiring with Daniel again. Uh, so it's relevant. Absolutely. Um, that's, that's also what, where you get. Uh, that's where uh, Mike and Johnny finally meet. That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, all the way at, at the end there. Um, that's another episode where I I kind of want to point out like the um, well, it, it's it's a setup for like uh, 
kind of, kind of a joke where like early in episode three, like Chosen mentions like something about his back. It, it might have been taking down like all six uh, Valley Senseis in the previous episode. Um, but it would be later on after the fight with Mike Barnes where he's like laying on that couch. He's like, mm, you know, how, how much is this? And <laughs> Bart deliver it. Uh, Sean Kanan delivers it hilariously where he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, twelve hundred dollars. But for you, two thousand. <laughs> It was just uh, it was really great to to kind of see Sean put the um, quote unquote gi back on here. I I thought I thought his character um, was great. I, I think a lot of people were like, yeah, I really hope he's not a bad guy. It, it seemed divided. Did you have a pulse in the fandom about Mike Barnes's return? Um, not whether he would still be bad or turn good i mean i know everyone uh wanted him to come back and i think john josh and hayden know that too and uh uh came up with a great way to incorporate him i of course am always pulling for julie pierce uh so that's got to be season six i i am right there with you fred like uh you know it's been what since episode 201 202 where daniel says it's been you know paraphrasing again because it's, it's been you know, five seasons with, with like really great dialogue uh, it's hard for me to keep track but he says something to the effect that it's been a long time since there's been like more than one Miyakido student back there and so it's, it's got to be Julie Pierce right you know um the uh the Mike Barnes I'm, I'm glad he apologized that's almost like best case scenario like if it was Terry Silver Ter Terry Silver apologized but then calls Daniel a prick and you know you know that it like I I totally understand from Daniel's point of view from season four, but yeah Mike Barnes same thing like hey I know what I did was wrong and I'm sorry you know so I I do like that um kind of talking about like pulling for returns here my most least expected uh legacy character return uh would be Jessica Andrews what was your reaction? When you first saw it, did you see it coming? And your thoughts on uh, the, uh, Robin Lively's return? I did not see it coming. And what surprised me more than her being back was her being Amanda's cousin. Yeah. So that tightens the Karate Kid world even further that uh, Amanda's not even a stranger Daniel met sometime after the movies. He met her through uh, his Karate Kid 3, uh, not love interest because they weren't romantic, but uh, it's all connected. Um, and that was a... Uh, I liked their fight with the mean girls in the bar and where uh, Samantha gets to defend her mother. Um but that was all that also brought into perspective. It was episode five, right? Right about the halfway point of the season where you're like, Daniel's going too far. He's alienating everyone. Amanda's right. This needs to stop. Uh, and Jessica brings this perspective of, okay, but let's step outside of, you know, this was a 1989 movie sequel. If you had been through the events of this movie, and now this person is back in your life that you'd have some stuff to deal with. Um, and that also led uh, Amanda to return with the perspective of Daniel, you don't have to give up and quit. We're here to support you. There's a better way to deal with the situation than either extreme. 
Absolutely. Um, it, it's not that I didn't want the Jessica Andrews character. Like I, I'm a contrarian. Like I, I eat this stuff up. I have very little criticism when like the show comes out because I, you know, I, I, when I do reviews, yeah, I'm supposed to like kind of review it critically or whatever, but I also like to have fun and I want to enjoy what I do. So, you know, if it goes a certain way that I didn't expect it, that's good. You don't want it to be predictable. And so um, when I saw her, I go, okay, well, you know, like if they got her, I was curious as all hell, how the hell would they uh, make this make sense? And and they did. They absolutely did. Because I was just like, I don't see Jessica Andrews returning because why? How? And um, so we're to assume, uh, unless I missed something, you can correct me if, if uh, maybe I missed it. But we're to assume maybe that Jessica, you know, came back to help out her aunt at the, the times that she would and work at the shop. Mr. Miyagi's Little Trees is probably still open at the time and they, they saw each other again, you know, I'm assuming and just kind of re remain friends. But yeah, I thought that I think a lot of us just thought that, uh, you know, she's going back to Columbus and was never going to return. Um I think but, the implication uh, is uh, when Amanda went to L.A., Jessica said, I know a guy you should get in touch with. There you go. Yeah. So um, I and, and kind of what you were saying about like yeah, Jessica kind of telling that story. Um, I think Amanda, who is tired of uh, all the karate, uh, you know, bullshit, because in that first episode, you know, she mentions that, you know, um, the, uh, the tournament's over. Uh, nobody got hurt between Tori and Sam. It's a karate miracle. You know, Chris is in jail. <laughs> like, uh, I, I think she has heard these uh, stories of Daniel just getting bullied over and over. Like, Terry Silver, okay, it's just another another story of him being bullied. I think, you know, you, you keep bringing up the word perspective. I, I think when she's at the bar there with her cousin, because it's family, this person that she grew up with, that she's known most of her life, I think that puts a little bit more perspective on the character of Terry Silver as well. So now she's like, okay, this isn't this isn't another karate uh, rival. This was a grown ass adult that manipulated a, a young child, and um, and and you know could very much do this to their own kids. And so uh, I, when when Jessica was telling that story, I kid you not, Fred, like I I actually started tearing up because. Um, like I, I think for, you know, the, the, the time that she was explaining that story, I took my thoughts and feelings of what I had for Daniel in that third movie and how he treated Mr. Miyagi and heard it from Jessica's point of view, you know, I was just like, wow, that, that kind of really changes things, you know? And it's just like what they did with Terry Silver in season four and like, I was on coke, you know, I spent whatever the time was manipulating a teenager. It sounds crazy saying out loud, like, you know, all those things that they do to enrich those uh, sequels. Um, yeah, it, it just makes like subsequent uh, viewings of those older movies, like that much more better having these layers uh, added in the, um, the legacy characters as they return to the show. Uh, I, I do I'm love the like, I'm glad they like the Karate Kid 3 enough to do that. I just hope they like the next Karate Kid enough to show it the same love. I um I don't know about the same love because, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Hayden might be a fan of uh, Colonel Dugan. Yeah, we, we, we'll see. Um, but I think, you know, there's a reason they continue to say uh, that is canon because Mr. Miyagi is in it. Hence, you know, our friends, are you karate kidding me, uh, coining the term Miyagiverse? Um I think they're leaving that open, you know, for the uh, the possibility yeah. of Hillary Swank saying, yeah, I'll, I'll come, you know. Yeah, it's going to happen eventually when they're ready for it. And I think the show is acclaimed enough now that Hillary Swank would do it. They'll have a two-time Oscar winner on the show. 
There we go. We're going to send that to in, uh, the internet if it's not already in the uh, in the cycle there. Um, in that same episode, the the mid season finale. Uh, man, we um, I I enjoy yeah hearing last names. So we got the reveal of uh, Amanda Steinberg. Uh, do you happen to know a Steinberg in pop culture by chance? I, I know a lot of the writers uh, often pick names of like people they know. So I don't know if that was a nod. Like I feel um. This this is probably not even related, but uh, you're familiar with Phil Rosenthal, the uh, yeah, creator? yeah. Um, so he has the, the the show on Netflix where like somebody feed Phil or something like that. Yeah, not that's... familiar. Okay, yeah, I love that show. I think he's hilarious. Uh, he came to Portland, you know, where I live. Uh, I got to watch that episode recently, but um, I may miss may be misremembering this but i think i tweeted at him one day and i forgot what i said but i feel josh Hield might have liked it and i feel they follow each other as well so i don't know if sensei rosenthal from like topanga a karate <laughs> like i wonder if that's a nod to him you know i'm just i'm, I'm always playing the name game but um I... steinberg and raymond porter is the other name that we learned uh stingray mm. yeah i'm not one to catch that level of Easter egg. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough. Uh, speaking of Raymond, um, something I have been waiting for, Fred, ever since the finale of season two is the return of the Cobra Mobile, the Black Challenger. Um, were you surprised to see it? Um, no, I don't think I was thinking as much about the car. Uh, I was... Uh, yeah, I was focusing on Stingray's new life, uh, his neighbors. Uh... What did you think about Stingray in this season? Um, he had a lot of comedic moments. Uh, this was also peak Stingray. You know, if I could take the uh, the peak Johnny from Susie Pialani there. Um, like, I I didn't hate him in season two. I thought he was funny. I thought he was a little like didn't really quite fit in in this world, you know, but I have come to accept him. I really felt bad for him in season four. Uh, I, I would hope a lot of people did because no one deserved that, I feel, unless unless you were his neighbor, Greg, who probably felt that he deserved it. But um, Stingray got a lot to do. He gets he gets to drive the car uh, and he gets the uh, the the uh, the T-800 line. <laughs> From from the Terminator series, you know, come with, come with me if you want to live. So silly, but what do you think of Raven this season? I felt bad he got his PlayStation broken, and yeah, I felt uh, bad. That was sad. And yeah, I felt bad about you know, Daniel taking things out on him because Stingray's being manipulated by Terry just as much. Um, but it paid it paid off well. I think so. Um, I think it paid off. Uh, I, um, I was also kind of like, I don't, I don't know what the words are to describe how I felt in this moment, but when the kids go over to his apartment to confront him and he was like, I will, I will take my secret to the grave, but then uses the uh, dungeons and dojo, <laughs> the dungeons and dojos, uh, board game strategy game, to tell this story i thought that was kind of like sweet and stuff but i was also like well how 
how is this different except for like switching out like terms and names you, you know it's it's you're, you're still telling on yourself i mean if there was if you didn't want to admit to the truth i was assuming maybe because there was uh he was um paranoid that there might be recording devices around but if if that's the case then yeah him kind of like changing up the words and whatever that's you know i mean that that's, that's still kind of the same thing i feel uh, Harry, but it's comic relief. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I is a very endearing character. He is. I, I like those figurines. So if he created them himself, like he's got some, you know, uh, creativity in terms of the, the the craft work that he he made there. Um, let's see. We talked to some about Sam. How about how about um? Ooh, how about this one? I know that some of those early stills from uh from Curtis uh Bonds Baker where. Um, for those that don't know, he's the still photographer for Cobra Kai, and so like a lot of the images, the early first looks, those are from him. They're actually not the screenshots from the show. Like the, um, I don't know if there has been any yet, because even like that Mike Barnes, those those are all taken by Curtis. But um, uh, what did you think when we first saw um Devin in a, a black uh, Cobra Kai gi, and then like in the second trailer where we saw her wearing blue? Um. I don't think I put that together from the trailer, but uh, I liked her storyline um, in the season and especially as it relates to Tori, because Tori is such a fascinating character. And you see even in her, even in her scenes with Samantha, like she's trying to do the right thing, but she's so volatile that like you said maturity maturity is understanding that someone someone can have their first reaction that might be defensive or shock especially given what uh tori and samantha have been through before and that can make it hard to do the right thing but tori still does the right thing and i think she also gets another chance to do the right thing from the start with Devin, a relationship she hasn't uh, uh, threatened, you know, as much as she's threatened a relationship with Sam. Um, and yeah, I, I guess, uh, you know, they don't go into this too much, but obviously after Miyagi-Do ended, some of the students still wanted to take karate. So Devin found a dojo that wasn't Cobra Kai, but then sure enough, Terry Silver comes in and buys it. And then, you know, once she's trying out for Cobra Kai, they bring in Sensei Kim. So she has to deal with that too. And I think it's really great to see. I mean, it's certainly an uneasy alliance, but Devin and Tori realize they're in it together and the lesson is really more how are they going to deal with sensei kim than uh what sensei kim is trying to teach them absolutely and and we will definitely get there i i do find the um the relationship between uh devin and tori very interesting because we continue uh, to find you know i mean and i guess it's no surprise really it's just like a matter of like which pairings next kind of thing but um it's a staple of the karate kid universe like th these people are different but same like right what what robbie tells um uh kenny in the 
finale? No, is it the finale? I, I no, it was five oh nine. Uh, the was it eight? Whichever the Takai um evaluation, you know where where that's going on in the Cobra Kai dojo. Uh, it, it, there's a point where where Kenny sees Robbie talking to uh, Anthony. And which, by the way, kudos, uh, you know, great that Anthony's in a white gi with a white belt. You know, he's starting karate finally. Uh, but but Dallas, Dallas, um, Kenny goes over to Robbie, confronts him like, oh, wow, this is bullshit. You know, you're you're training him when you were when you trained me. You know, this was my bully and all that. And and Robbie tells him, like, if you guys would just like talk, you, you, you know, you would find out that you have more in, like a lot more in common. You know, like the um, what is it? Dragon Lord? Dragon Dragon Sword or whatever. Name of their game. Yeah, th th that game. Clearly, Anthony knew a lot about it. That he was a little shamed by like his, you know, jerk friends in the fourth season. There, yeah, him and Kenny would get along great if they just talked. And like, you know, in Anthony at the water park scene, he even tried to like avoid. He tried not being there. And you know, it, Cobra Kai never dies, and they also always strike first. So yeah, Kenny's gonna go at him. So I, I felt bad for. For Anthony, who uh, like just minutes later or pre previously had one of those like 80s little brother tropes where he is uh, kind of caught like staring at like the best friends that are hot, you know, um, I feel with a lot of like the, the, the jokes and stuff like that, I feel it's very much needed levity for a lot of uh, sequences that are very heavy. So um, I, I don't know if people kind of caught that like i feel there was a good balance of both where something's a little heavy and then you know we're gonna meet it with you know with a really great joke or something i think uh my f first reaction to the season was that it leaned a little bit more into comedy and i think you're right that's because it has so much other darkness and drama to balance that it needed that you know certainly as dark as daniel gets and some of the other storylines so i think you're right about that and absolutely, if, if if not for nothing, like um, the show is still categorized as like comedy. So when it comes to like, you know, awards and whatnot, um, to be nominated for like a comedy show where there's like very little comedy, just because there's a lot of like, you know, action and karate and uh, you know, dramatic storylines. Yeah, d definitely need that as a little reminder. Hey, we're we're still comedy here. Um, so, uh, Sensei Kim and the Fist. Uh, what do you remember of your first um, kind of reactions to um, uh, any kind of like images or footage from the trailers, teasers, or what have you of seeing like the group of, um, is it, do, do they have seven senseis, including her? I, I kind of forget, but just, just a fist. And I was a little surprised that they come in uh, at season six, but maybe the uh the bout between silver and daniel in episode 505 was kind of like the last straw like he warned them in the third episode uh that you're you know you're playing with fire and you know he had already sussed out um chosen and so like you know i have friends i can call you know so so it, that does make sense but were you also a little surprised that that's um how late they came in this is going to sound weird being that I'm a journalist, but I am not very good at watching trailers and picking out what does this mean? What context is this? Um, so I didn't really start theorizing about it then. I know when she was introduced in the season, my first reaction was, who is Alicia Hannah Kim? Has she done martial arts before? Uh, I definitely want to see her other work. Uh, a real discovery. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I know that on some, um, I, I don't know if she shares like the exact same content all across her social media accounts, but I do know specifically that uh, at, at the very least on Instagram, which I, I, I seem to see more of than her uh, uh, tweets, but um, she has shown like um, her kind of uh, doing Taekwondo. I, I think it's Taekwondo. I mean, I, First off, guys, I don't, I don't know more shards, so my apologies if I get the styles wrong. But uh, she is training with somebody. She does have a personal trainer um, to help her with the moves and stuff. I, I thought, yeah, she looks legit. And I haven't seen any of her other work, but I know that she's in a show called Minx, uh, which is, uh, I believe, currently running still. Uh, that might be on Hulu, I, I feel. But uh, so so if you're interested, uh, I know at least that that show where you might be able to find more of her. Um but yeah, Sensei Kim, we find out, is the granddaughter of Master uh, uh, Kim Sung-young. And um, yeah, what do you think about that? And let's throw in the the, the flashback uh, to where we actually see Kreese and Silver training under him, which was a big question mark for me for years. Uh, yeah, the flashback was great to give a little bit of... Uh... What would I call it? Like it, it's Karate Kid Validi validity or layers. Yeah, but using the new Cobra Kai characters and actors, not characters, the Cobra Kai actors. The, the, the staple, you know, where they use Don Lee, who's the fight choreographer, to play the character. Is that what you're? Well, the young, uh, the young Crease. Oh uh, yeah, Barrett Carnahan. Um, yeah, well. So I, I'm sorry, I, I stopped your train of thought. Uh, you no, were no, trying to come up with, with the uh, term for that, or yeah, I, I'm not sure where I was going with that. But the the flashback was a great way to, as they do on the show, add layers and backstory to the movies as well. And as as for the current day storyline, uh, I thought it was. Uh, a refreshing addition of a new character, you know, to bounce off Terry Silver and Tori and Devin. Uh, so it's not only Karate Kid legacy characters. Right. No, absolutely. Um, an extension of it for sure. You know, like it would have been interesting. And, you know, that's not something that was ever set up in the movie. So they couldn't have like all of a sudden uh, introduced a, a son of Miyagi. Right. Or a, a strange son that he didn't know about, uh, something like that. Um, yeah. So that that was an interesting route that they went with and her, you know, her own unorthodox training, like uh, her version of the, you know, the the punching dummy. It's like it's all solid stone where Daniel had to face like a wooden man, you know, with uh, pipes for legs and or, or something, you know, but uh, a, little, a little less um, severe uh, for, for Daniel. That was. But um, the the fist also. Uh, do you have a favorite uh, of any of those senseis? Uh, we have the the blonde sensei, the the one of the UFC uh, UFC fighters with the scar over his eye, Tyrone Woodley, um, and then the eye patch. <laughs> Couple I mean, of the I, randos. I don't really pick favorites. I just sort of marvel at all of them uh, bringing their own thing. That's fair. Um, I, I like the flashback also is like, um, you know, we saw a little bit about uh, a little of uh, silver increase in season four 
where they're getting their tattoos removed. And so it's also kind of a, a nice reminder for those that maybe not watch it as often as like we do um, that. Okay. Remember this is young crease because you may see him again uh, coming up soon in a few episodes where they kind of like, yeah, use uh, Barrett um, to, to fight in this uh, sequence in, in the prison where, um, you know, I, I guess a uh, crease kind of channels, you know, back to a time when uh, he, was kind of hardcore in terms of the, the, the brawling. Did you um, have any thoughts about the, uh, the crease in prison? Um, yeah, I thought it was, well, it was great to see Barrett again. Um, you're talking about the whole crease storyline or just that fight. Let's, Let's talk about just that. Uh, you know, let's talk about Crease. Yeah, you, you know, we're kind of like on the, the the back half of the episodes anyway. Yeah, let's talk about Crease. Um, Tori has been visiting him as his granddaughter. My ten year old son actually took it literally. It was like they're related. I go, no, I had to explain. You know, like uh, uh, you know, it's probably family only, and so she can't be like, yeah, I'm his student, uh, kind of thing. But um, you know, Johnny and Daniel come and visit. Uh, I like that whole exchange. I, I believe that episode was also written by uh, Joe Pierrelli and um, Luan Thomas. And um, there's a mention where Daniel's like, oh, well, you know, let me go call my cousin. And I immediately think my cousin Vinny. And wow. I think Crease uh, even mentions like, no, I, I don't want your like greasy slimball cousin or, or something like that. Uh, but also there's that one moment where he's um, talking to the 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 counselor and and he's seeing like all the different people he has hurt uh what would you think about that uh that was great and i was really i i was really wowed by the uh young johnny and that wondering if they found a look-alike or did the marvel de-aging and i uh, i think the guys said uh that it was a deep fake uh oh. they, they had a stand-in for that and then you know could put young johnny's face over it um but yeah really ran the gamut of all the important people increases life gave marty cove a lot to play um and yeah it, it's always funny that you you confront crease on on how he sort of like his whole philosophy is to deflect from feeling anything. And, you know, just when, just when you think someone might get through, he's still John Kreese. <laughs> yeah. It, boy, is he, um, it, the, uh, I, I like the idea just to kind of go back on the Johnny Lawrence, um, you know, when he's, you know, you, you see Tori and you see like Terry Silver, which is uh, old Terry Silver, because like they, well, I guess he never. I have to think about that scene a little bit more, you know, to kind of process exactly what I think might be going on, um, before I start asking. Okay, well, what were you guys doing with this this one moment? Um, clearly, it, it's like these grievances that he he's had with all these people, but like I kind of I'm I'm interested to hear like the, the what what the writers' room was like when they were discussing the 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 different types of people and getting to Johnny. It's like well what. Which Johnny, Johnny do we use? And it's like, why don't you use both of them? You know, he, he heard both of them. 
and there was that big gap where he didn't even see Johnny. So that also kind of makes sense too. And so, yeah, that, that was kind of like, whoa, I nearly fell out of my seat. I was just like, what, what, what is this? Um, I had forgotten about uh, his girlfriend when, uh, when he was in the war, you know, so that, uh, well, f- first I, I wondered if that was new, a new revelation. And then when I uh, looked it up and realized, you know, we'd heard about her in a, the season three Vietnam flashbacks. Um, but still it's a, 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 an important reminder of, you know, early in his life, he opened up and I, I guess the whole history of John Kreese and the karate kid movies and Cobra Kai are all coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And um, I mean, we'll just go ahead and ju- jump to the uh, end and the um, end of the Kree storyline, which I also want to point out uh, one of my favorite. Uh, it- it's unfortunate that it's kind of written. Um, I-, I-, I don't wish that it was said, but it would have been fun to hear. But when uh, Daniel hands him that slip of paper and it says no mercy, motherfucker. <laughs> I just uh, I, I just thought it was great. Daniel got some F-bombs um, this season. So uh, I think there was a few in Spanish in the first episode, too. So yeah, there was um, a lot more profanity this season. Absolutely. Which I, think, I think also, like, it wasn't excessive, but it gives it a little bit more edge. Certainly when they go to Mexico, uh, you're like, yeah, this isn't a pretty tv show anymore and then it continues because well these are teenagers and grown-ups who swear when <laughs> things get bad yeah ab- absolutely and like it th- that second episode where miguel is with his dad uh at the uh the the, the fighting rink and um i thought that was really tense you know the the whole like oh you know did you bring the fbi here like that whole deal where you mentioned how like how quickly he snapped and got uh, paranoid i i felt the tension there that that was making my heart race you know because i really didn't know and i was i was fearing for miguel and then uh in this that same that very same episode the way that ends how did we not get to this point where where chosen has like this badass dialogue after taking down the six senseis right and uh he talks about like you know you cross this line you know you'll you'll be begging for mercy or, or something like that um that whole uh sequence but also even chosen at terry silver's house we we haven't even talked about that like i I felt there was so much tension um uh, between two powerhouse actors right there uh and did you i i I guess you know it's kind of you can kind of assume what the tell is from terry uh, silver's standpoint it's immediately after uh, chosen cheers is when you see uh, terry's face changes it's like oh there must be something different about that. But again, like Chosen is something I feared. I, I don't know um, uh, if you caught my Chosen theory that, that I've mentioned a few times um, uh, before in the, uh, in the webs, interwebs. Oh, no. Can you remind me? Yeah. So um, before before season three uh, came out, we heard from um, Ralph at San Diego Comic-Con that LaRusso would be going back to Okinawa and we did an episode where we kind of speculated what would bring him there and uh my my guess was like oh maybe you know he stayed close with that little girl he saved on the bell tower because you know you don't forget um you know the the, the person who saved your life and maybe she invites him to her wedding that that's what brings him over I wasn't too far off because she makes the return 
But um, I also thought that, oh, if because I also thought that like maybe Yuji really couldn't commit to too many episodes or like a recurring, uh, you know, like return in subsequent seasons. But I, I thought, what if they have chosen die honorably, you know, uh, like something Daniel does that causes some beef or drama and, and chosen happens to be maybe not necessarily caught in the middle of it, but is uh, affected indirectly because of like something that daniel does or says so i i thought that yeah maybe chosen would would um be killed while defending uh daniel Larusso somehow and dies an honorable death because you know they, they also set up that, that the character doesn't have a wife or kids which like you know t tv talk it's kind of like this guy's gonna die you know um and so when when he shows up and it didn't happen in season three i was like ah okay well it's probably not gonna happen but then when i saw the live and badass I was just like, maybe they're setting it up here. You know, they're going to make him to be this like ultimate badass that we think that nobody can touch except for Terry Silver. And maybe he'd be the one to kill Chosen. So that's kind of what I thought going in. So like I was scared for Chosen in the second episode. And I just anything Chosen said or did thereafter, I was just kind of like, you know, one inch uh, like out of my seat. Um Like uh, I'm trying to think of some examples, like uh, when he makes the, the, the call to Kumiko and leaves a voicemail. I was like, that 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 sounds like a good goodbye, you know, in, in, in TV talk. Um, did you ever get that sense at all, or did you like? Did you uh, were you confident that Chosen would not be killed off? No, I was worried at the end of this season that they were going to go all Game of Thrones and start killing everyone. Uh, so I was glad they didn't. Uh, thank you for bringing up that reference because um, when I found out, when we found out that Carmen and Johnny were expecting, I was like, they better not do a Red Wedding, <laughs> like a Cobra Kai version of the Red Wedding, where like something happens to this baby. And I feel there might have been some teases here, uh, here and there, like throughout this. Baby. this what's that? I wasn't worried about the baby. I was worried about Chosen and Crease. Okay, that's that's fair. Yeah, I um, I mean, I don't think they would have gone there with like a baby, but like some... um like some threat to Carmen, you know, in, in her pregnant state. Uh, I was, you know, kind of fearing for that because, you know, the um, Johnny carrying around that uh, ultrasound, you know, just, just little things like that. I was just like, man, they are really messing with my emotions here. Um, let's, let's get to, uh, yeah, you, you mentioned chosen increase. Um, at what point did you think like, this is a possibility they might kill chosen? Well, in uh, episode 10. Okay just that just that fight it was up until that fight like you didn't even think uh ooh, in the sword room you know like this could come back later on no not until the end uh because it seemed like a season finale thing to do that's fair that's fair yeah i mean you're better than me because i i felt it could have happened any episode um and so i'm glad that yeah it, it uh didn't the the swerve wouldn't come until later on. Now, like said, I'm not that good at speculating, so uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a pretty easy mark. Um, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't say that, uh, but uh, you you want to be like kind of fooled by these things, right? You don't want it to be too predictable. Um, the crease, you kind of you kind of mentioned it. Uh, I'm uh, I'm assuming you were also fooled at, at the beginning of that uh, episode ten. Yeah, uh, I thought. That could be it. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it, but it made, but it also made sense. Like it would, 
dramatically it was sort of unceremonious uh to do that at the beginning of an episode and then not really return to it so i see what they were doing that's see that's a good point and i wouldn't have picked up on that and like the thing is when you follow the creators or anybody from the show really on on social media especially hayden and i came up with the hashtag hayden anagans um for those that follow him have seen his like cryptic tweets about legacy characters dying this and that and to be fair, like he's never mentioned like specifically it was about Cobra Kai. Like he could have just been talking about legacy characters from other shows and other properties. And I'm sure that's the answer that he would probably give. Uh, and so like, yeah, it got a lot of people thinking. And that's why I was all like, oh, man, this is a real possibility. But, uh, you know, for my money, I always thought it was going to be chosen. Um, even with Crease, I never thought it would be Crease. And I uh, and I still didn't believe it up until the shiving inside the prison. That's when I was just like, Oh my God, they really did it. And I fell for it, you know? And, and also like, um, I, I was just watching it again. Was it yesterday or maybe the day before? Um, because like they, uh, crease looks pale and there's an actual guard unless he's in on it. That kind of does like a half ass, like pulse checking and is basically, you know, like making the call like, Hey, you know, we got a prisoner down or, or whatever it was. So I don't know if he was in on it, but that was kind of like I was like they they did it. Yeah, this prison guard just just you know clarified or confirmed that he's he's dead. So I fell for it hard. Um, it, it wasn't until obviously you know you continue watching where you're like oh no he's gonna come alive, and um, yeah. So y- your your thoughts about that the the Jello the maybe uh, uh, his his henchman I, I guess you can call him. Yeah. Um, well, I'm. I definitely would have been disappointed if it was literally just they start killing these characters because I think it, that sort of thing uh, ruined shows like The Walking Dead where you just stop caring. Um, so it was a clever way you know, to sort of use the language of television to go oh are we we doing what all these other shows did and then revealing no no we have something bigger planned absolutely i'm 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 forgetting the character name you mentioned walking dead i still don't forgive that show for killing off lori is is that the uh um carl's mom um yeah okay yeah it it, because it, it was one of those like i saw no body i saw a bloated walker like i i felt i felt insulted and cheated out of that uh, unceremonious death. Well, I so, just think that show became who are we going to kill this week? And I still uh, feeling like I don't want to tune in every week to see who dies. I want you to make me care about seeing your characters live. Absolutely. absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, fighting for their lives. And um, I still love that first season. And to be honest, I, I fell off. I believe it was after season eight. And I was covering it for a TV podcast where I first started my coverage of Cobra Kai. And I think I went as far as the mid-season finale, and I told uh, you know my co-host, I was like, "I'm sorry, dude, you're gonna have to find somebody else because I do not enjoy reviewing the show anymore." But um, back to Cobra Kai, yeah, I uh, like people have asked me like, well, "Why do people need to die?" I go, "I I don't want them to die either," but like I'm trying to think, what else can you do to up the stakes? I mean, they up the stakes, but it it doesn't mean that they necessarily need to like, yeah, okay, well now it's time to kill somebody, but like. For for me, just kind of like wondering what's gonna happen. That, that was just kind of my first initial thought. This this might be the season they'll actually do it. And people are like, well, it's never been done before. I go, well, they didn't like 
kill Tommy off, like Tommy died, but that's happened on the show where they did something to a legacy character. So like, um, I don't know. It's hard to say. Like they at, at this point, they may not kill anybody off the rest of the season or the the series. So that's going to be something interesting to look at because they've already toyed with it here. Um, I hope they I, don't because it's just not a TV trope I like. But no, a- absolutely. Like, um, if what they about decide to? I'm sure they'll have a good reason. I mean, there's there's uh, like the uh, that second co- Cobra, what well, GI Joe movie. You know where they killed off like Channing Tatum like really early on. Uh, you know, like I'm not a fan of that. Where you bring back like these the OG characters from the first movie just to have them die off in the very beginning of the oh, second. That was, that was sort of a joke. I was impressed they even got him back to do that. Oh, interesting. Okay, I, I I'm not always like so much into the show. Like I remember owning GI Joes and I'm a movie buff, so I just watched it. Uh, but what, what what's the what's the joke about that? Uh, having oh. Channing Tatum return. Well, I mean, it, 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 he obviously didn't want to do the sequel and The Rock to oh. but that they even got him to reprise his role in Act One to get killed off. Okay. Uh, oh, I, yeah, I didn't know that he didn't want to be involved with that uh, the the uh, the sequel. Um, okay, so let's talk about uh, Terry Silver. You know, um, I I was a little surprised. And, you know, I definitely want to give kudos to Tori for it. But, yeah, I was a little surprised how early uh, Tori kind of confronts t- uh, Terry Silver about um, what she witnessed uh, in the finale of season four, where he bribes the the, the, the ref. Um, yeah, that was good. Yeah. But also, I I believed everything that he kind of told her, too, um, you know, where you see that she actually tries to process everything that he said. And I don't even think she's kind of questioning whether he's lying or not. Um, it's just where he's, he mentions like, yeah, you know, I, I paid off the raft. I was kind of like, you know, in insurance you know, to make sure that we win, but you know, you, you won that. Everybody knows that LaRusso knows, like, you know, we all know. Um, and then he talks about like, you know, she can leave no problem. No, uh, you know, it, uh, no, no, um, yeah, well, what's the expression I'm trying to? Yeah, no harm done or what? Whatever the expression I'm trying to think of. But uh, he also says like, but if you stay, you know, I'll make sure that that you're the future of the dojo or something like that. Like I, I, I bought into that because I, I feel he was genuine in those words. Uh, how about you? Do you do you think he was lying or uh, did you think he was um, telling the truth there? Well, I certainly believe him that she won the tournament on her own because we've seen her her skills and we've seen her improve uh but still it's got to be hard to know that he felt the need for an insurance policy that he didn't just believe his students could win so that's a lot for her to process whether he would make her the future of cobra kai probably because she's a star she's the champion it's certainly in his best interests to do that but he's also terry silver so i wouldn't believe i wouldn't trust anything he says he's definitely the terry silver of karate kid three again this season oh yeah i um i think i saw that when he told the uh the valley senseis you know um, I said I'd pay you a lot, but I'm, you know, I will triple it for uh, wh- whoever can take this man down, or you know, like that right there. I was just like, there, there he is. There, there's the uh, try to get three Terry Silver. Um, but uh, Tori, there was I, I don't remember the specific scene, but there was 
one point kind of towards it was definitely the, the second half of the season where I was like, could Tori be the one that dies? <laughs> you know, like I, I I don't think there was like any setup, but but I, I did question at some point. I go, they're really putting her through the ringer, you know, like breaking her fist. And, um, you know, there's that when when she's punching the the, the, the stone dummy. You know, um, Sensei Kim's like, you know, it's that boy, isn't it? You know, basically saying that Robbie's making her weak. And she's like, you know, I broke up with him because of this dojo, you bitch. Or like, you know, something like that. I was just like, oh, wow. Like, is, is she going to go off in the deep end? And then um, not kind of get complacent, but but uh, kind of like her guards are down because she's just so weakened uh, mentally and, and all that stuff. Um, something that I thought was interesting when I um, had seen the second trailer which, uh, Fred, I, I'm not sure if you um, interpret it this way, but having Tori bring in her trophy to put with the other trophies on the wall there, like it could be just that on 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 surface. Like uh, Terry just wants like all his champions trophies to be up front. Um, I kind of thought, and I didn't get this after watching the season. I only got it from the trailer, but I thought that maybe it was like um like a like a mind game of Terry, like you know. This is kind of a, a reminder that I have this over you that, um, you know, you 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 didn't win, you know, because in season four, during the prom scene, when she's dancing with Robbie, she mentions to Robbie that, you know, she she wants to win the All Valley. She wants to look at that trophy and know that she was the best at something. But to know that it was, you know, uh, a, a fake that that she won because of a bribery that, uh, you know, looking at that trophy would be a constant reminder that she was not the best, you know, that she was uh, at the very least second best. It could be, but it could also be that Tori just doesn't want it in her house. Yeah. No, it, 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 gosh, I mean, her house, I mean, uh, it has not been cleaned. Uh, maybe her little brother Brandon's asleep because maybe Sam visited kind of late there. Uh, it, it's something that uh, I did talk to uh, Kristen Baldwin about, depending when you listen to this episode or the other one I, I did with her. But we kind of talked about that. Yeah, maybe this is just kind of one of those storylines that they're kind of like, you know, putting on the back burner for now, like this may come back and revisit. Cause I, I thought we were going to get a return of uh, aunt Candace and like her, you know, the battle for custody of her little brother. So uh, we didn't get that there. Were you kind of maybe expecting that at all uh, after season, season four? Wasn't expecting it. I'd certainly welcome it, uh, you know, to develop that more. Yeah. I, I just thought they were going to find all the ways to break this character and, 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 and have her come back strong. But I, uh, again, kind of like to maturation, instead of thinking that she could do everything on her own, she decides, you know, after, um, you know, like uh, talking with Robbie and everything that she's going through over at Cobra Kai, that she finally decides to go uh, talk to uh, Sam over at the party. Um, what did you think about uh, uh, Sam and Miguel after he comes back to the U.S.? Um, obviously, she, uh, you know, tells him that, they, she wants to go on the break, and then there's a whole deal where the uh, the the binary brothers in um, Yasmin and Moon are like feeding them advice on like how to respond to a text message. Which again, like I I, I see those in like rom com uh, tropes, but I I welcome to hear. I thought it was actually pretty funny. That's very common in real life too. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that, especially with the emoji. Like, can I use an emoji right here? Uh, so. When, you know, when I first got my iPhone, you know, people had to advise me how to uh, properly text with people. Um, 
Well, I, I love the Miguel and Samantha storyline. And I think the second great moment for Miguel is when he drops the octopus uh, in the yard. And my first reaction to that was, all right, I know it's emotional, but that's $182. Like you can get, your, <laughs> you still got the receipt. Uh, but obviously, you know, it it's setting up that she finds it later. And I think that is very relevant about young relationships. I remember being 17 and thinking my high school girlfriend was the person I was going to be with forever. And even when we broke up, not understanding why, not only why that happened to me, but why that seems to happen to everyone with their first girlfriend, why we can't just make it work. And it's, It's something that all young people have to go through. And it's handled in the most kind way possible between Samantha and Miguel, because Samantha legitimately is in a place where she, well, I mean, there's also in a youthful, immature understanding of what self-discovery means in, in, Yes, there can be people holding you back, but you don't necessarily need to cut everyone out of your life to have your self-discovery. But that's something a young, a teenager needs to learn for themselves and figure out how to how to have that self-discovery. So it's it's very big of both. Well, one, it's it's big of Miguel to stay friends with her and stay in her life at all, you know, knowing how much it hurts. And it's big of Samantha to let him down gently where it's not it's not even like I don't want to be with you. It's that I I need. I, I don't know, you know, what my life should be right now, so. Um, but I think the emotion that uh, Sholo displays in that scene is also really powerful. And what Mary Mouser does in her storyline between that and when she sees Miguel at the party and then runs into Tori right after. And of course, is not in a place to uh, give Tori the benefit of the doubt Uh there's so many layers to what's going on in that story. I think that's what Cobra Kai does best. Absolutely. I, I agree. Um, Mary Mauser has uh, mentioned like uh, kind of Sam's journey and stuff. And I think, you know, with that out there, that's kind of what people were expecting, you know, to kind of her, uh, you know, her, her journey and self-discovery in season five. But um, I think until people see it, I, I think they, um, what they might be missing is actually Mary's performance uh, as as Sam in season five portraying or kind of going through that journey, you know, like it's easy on paper and to hear it in dialogue and, and, and to kind of consume um, what Mary's giving. But like, if you compare it to the previous seasons, you know, you, you hear some of the criticisms of fans um, of the, the character of Sam and uh, slut shaming her and, you know, just saying these awful things. But uh, I, I really hope, you know, people who don't watch season five and be like, well, you know, that was a good journey. And I'm, I'm glad that she found herself. But like also like Mary's acting in, in the range 
that she shows for like the level of emotions that Sam has to go through in season five. I I, I think um, I, I hope that comes to light uh, when when the, the season drops, which at this point, again, everyone should be uh, ha- have already seen it. Um, I also, you know, to kind of uh, harken back to the word maturation, like I, I think uh, with Robbie um, kind of being uh, back with Miyagi Do and Eagle Fang, more maturation on Miguel's part, you know, where Hawk's like, yeah, what's, what's that guy doing here? You know, blah, 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 blah. Miguel's like, no, it's, it's cool. It's cool, man. We're, we're totally fine now. You know, that's, that can't be easy. Although they just, you know, kind of, uh, mended their rivalry friendship or whatever. Um, that can't be, you know, and, and again, to kind of go back to what you're saying about being like 16, 17 again, that cannot be easy for Miguel to be like in that close vicinity of his, you know, ex-girlfriend and her ex-boyfriend, who is also <laughs> the son of his sensei, you know? If it were real life, I I would absolutely advise them to uh, keep their distance until they figure things out. You don't need to put yourself through that. You don't need to be that supportive. Like, you can support right. distance. Um, what are your thoughts on um, Demetrius this season? He... Because Miyagi Do closes down, he has to find uh, summer jobs. Uh, I don't know if it's one job or two jobs, but uh, my my son thought it was hilarious when he shows up on Johnny's doorstep with a bunch of different phones and um, the whole talk about calling like dweeb and uh, geek like pronouns, <laughs> like whatever you identify yourself with. Well, who else would teach Johnny how to use a phone and Uber app? Right, and and teach him. Well, I don't know if he teaches him because uh, uh, Johnny has apparently goggled before, but we haven't heard him use that term till now. Well, we've seen him uh, look look things up. Right. Yeah. Hey, I, I guess I guess you're right. Um, we've seen him look it up, but he's never told anybody how he's goggled, and until Daniel has to talk with him in the uh, in the one that one episode. Um. Yeah. D- just kind of Dimitri. Uh. And and the purpose that he served this season. What What are your thoughts on him? Um, yeah, uh, I guess, uh, I don't have many thoughts beyond his friendship with Hawk and, you know, being the one to walk Johnny through technology. Uh, I guess he didn't do that much martial arts this season, did he? Just, just a little bit, uh, during, during the huge fight where, um, I, was it Kyler that, that he takes down? I, I'm kind of forgetting. Yeah. I'm, and, yeah. and. He and Hawk ha- are have a big uh, role in uh, tapping into the security footage at the end. That's right. Yeah, they yeah, use um, technological skills than uh, martial arts skills, which are admittedly probably still inferior to his tech skills. But he's had many more years practicing technology. I I agree. You know, they are the binary brothers and we saw what they can do from season four. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought that was, um, you know, interesting because, yeah, I, I was all like, oh, well, yeah, G- um, Dimitri what, wasn't around too much. Um, I'm trying to think about. Yeah, yeah. He gets the one line where he calls like, I think it was Kyler after he, he you know, kicks him or whatever and calls him a bitch because like, I think Kyler just walked into the room. It's like, oh, it's um, you know, Moon and Yaz's bitch, or or something like that. So yeah, he get kind of um, gets a one up there on Kyler finally, who's been bullying them all, all uh, I guess ever since last year. For for their, it's been like a year and a half for them. I feel um, really hard to keep track of the timeline. Um, what about uh, what about um, 
we kind of talked about him, Eli slash Hawk. We saw that he got a uh, tattoo. I'm I'm kind of curious. I you know, I'm I'm sure that it was written in way before, but um, nobody could have predicted a lotus tattoo. But for those that are watching at home, I have a Miyagi-Do Lotus tattooed on my arm. I got this done just last October. So while they were filming season five, which is crazy because, yeah, you know, obviously Hawk doesn't get the exact same version as me, but we both got tattoos of the Lotus uh, on, on ourselves here. Um, we didn't see Rico. I feel that he's still uh, scared from the Cobra Kai from season four, whatever they did to him. Uh, so we got a new gal, Aurora, who gives him the tattoos. But uh, what you think about him and is um, maybe... Uh, Eli's dynamic with with Kenny. Um, well, I mean, the Kenny story is one of my favorites because I mean, I like the relevance of Anthony's story of, you know, by the time he apologizes, it's too late. And how do you make up for a whole year of tormenting someone? And I I I know that Kenny has to learn that uh, revenge doesn't really make you feel better, uh, d despite what Cobra Kai teaches you. Uh, it hasn't worked out too well for John Kreese and others, um, or Johnny Lawrence before the show started. Um, right. And, but also, they're so young. These are really big things that adults don't even learn that you're asking uh, young teenagers to learn. So, you know, I understand one where Robbie is trying to get through to Kenny. And I think Robbie also knows, like, you can't just tell someone to let it go or be the bigger person. That's, it's a much bigger ask than just, you know, telling them what to do and he knows because he's been there he's been through that and seen what you know how that can tear you up inside so robbie knows enough to just be a good example and hawk is not privy to all of that so he's just a guy who knows that kenny is picking on his friends now and, and even the first time hawk met kenny in season four he didn't know the whole backstory that he just knew there was a kid in a cobra kai shirt picking on a miyagi do kid so uh i mean that's relevant too it probably speaks to a <laughs> bigger picture in any situation you should not jump to conclusion and conclusions and understand there's a much bigger backstory to what you're witnessing if you're going to get involved in a scuffle although at the water park he is just trying to keep the peace so that everyone can enjoy their day at the water park and of course they all get thrown out uh rightfully because uh that's really not fair to all the other customers who are not part of the cast of cobra kai um but yeah, I think uh, Hawk and Dimitri uh, resolved a lot in season four and even in season three. So it's probably more of a transitional season for them. There may be a little bit more in the background uh, while some of the other characters like Devin and Kenny come to the fore. Um, 
And, you know, that's just the nature of an ensemble show, too. As much as we say we want longer episodes and more episodes, sometimes it's just you have to wait for the stories to come around again. Right. Absolutely. Um, I one of my favorite moments with Robbie is because I didn't expect this is when he walks into the uh, Cobra Kai dojo and apologizes uh, for um, not what he did, but for not taking everybody with him when he left. Uh, I thought that was a really great moment because he's walking into a tiger's or a lion's land, uh, land den to take something that Chosen had said uh, uh, a few episodes previously. So um, at, at certain points, I was also like, you know, like Hayden really got into my head about like somebody possibly dying. And we'll, we'll get to this, but I'll, I'll tease it now. When Kenny learned the silver bullet, uh, and then he uses it on Hawk. I go, is this gonna put Hawk out of commission? You know. Uh, and then we he uses it on Robbie in the in the big fight, the finale. I go, is it gonna be Robbie? <laughs> you know, well, like it was really yeah, in my head. I, I was worried that this season finale was gonna be another like season two where Miguel gets injured, uh, because season three and four both ended less drastically so i was worried we were due for something like that and and i i wonder if and i hope this is right that they just learned that the season two finale was way too intense a cliffhanger to leave people on and they're just hopefully not going to play with us that emotionally ever again but they can still set up uh exciting things for what next season is going to be like they did uh you know, with season four setting up Mexico and uh, setting up Chosen's return. Yeah. And with season five, uh, I, I would imagine, you know, you got Crease out of prison now and Terry Silver seemingly going to prison, probably, you know, just temporarily because, you know, we know that he still has that lawyer. So that lawyer can probably get him off pretty early on in season six, which has not yet been greenlit officially. Um so yeah, I uh, that that's kind of a, a another great observation you you made on how the previous seasons had ended, and I wonder like when you said that you thought we were kind of due for something kind of kind of big here. Uh, I do wonder if they kind of like that was an idea that they had, but changed it maybe not knowing exactly when they were going to be able to start on season six production and put it out because yeah, again we can have. You know, like the the lull between seasons two and three when we were moving from YouTube to Netflix. That that was over never, a year and a half. Never going to be that long again. But, no, uh, no, never. But but even like you know, if we are looking at like a year, that's already going to feel long for us um, because of how um, you know how bingeable the show is, and we're all going to consume it in, like in that weekend. I feel the majority of us, and then we're going to be like, okay, well, now we got to wait at least a year maybe for the next season. So. Um, yeah, it, it would be uh, interesting kind of uh, to to see what information comes out in in the next few months about uh, potential season six. But um, I think it is better to kind of leave things a little ambiguous and kind of on a light note, ending like an '80s action movie where we're panning through the parking lot and we're hearing Kyler like recap like his version of the story. Uh, and, and then we get the big red, big red and little red finally confirming that they're brother brothers like we had clues and hints you know like when uh little red like leaves in 206 was it 205 205 to go to miyagi Do, we see like big red slapping his forehead like you know we we and we we know real life they're brothers but we never had a real confirmation 
you know, in, in dialogue until the, this episode as well. Um, but the, the kind of go back to Silver Bullet, I, I, I guess I never even thought about the possibility of learning a new thing. I think we were wondering, oh, when are we going to see him teach, you know, the, uh, the, the Quicksilver, which was mentioned in season four, if I'm not mistaken, but we didn't really see it. And so they were saving it for the finale. But what do you think of this new uh, Silver Bullet? Um, well, I think you're, I think you're right that using it on Hawk was, was a moment like, could this be the next Miguel's back moment? Um, so it was quite a relief that wasn't quite that drastic, but uh, even just emotionally, the, you know, Ken, Kenny learning all of these new dirty tricks to use on Miyagi-Do is just corrupting him further. It's more the emotion of, you know, how that's teaching him to fight dirty than the technique itself. Right. And um, we saw the damage that when done correctly, the Quicksilver, it can cause real damage. I mean, because that that uh, punching like Bob, that that thing like that's that's thicker than human skin, I feel, you know, and for Terry Silver to puncture it, that that's going to cause some serious harm. Um, I, I feel that like maybe we could explain it away with Kenny. He just learned it. He's still, you know, wet behind the ears, so to speak, um, and on the rise in terms of his karate skills. But, you know, if if that was just what um, kind of damage he was able to do, just learning it, imagine what he could have done if he had mastered it. You know what I mean? Like, it's a technique that was just taught. Like, I, I don't know if he was, you know, practicing that every single day. So, um, yeah, yeah, you know. season ends in a good place with Kenny where – like he's re- he's ready to change but it's going to take time like he's he's just seen what cobra kai really stands for so he he's ready to start listening to Robbie and others but that doesn't mean all is forgiven you know in one fell swoop right i mean that kind of goes uh, for for uh, for devin as well you know, she's kind of in that same boat because Tori wasn't telling. I mean, she was telling her the truth, but like Devin wasn't didn't believe her. You know, because she, she thought that Tori saw her as a threat. You know, somebody who could potentially be as good, if not better, than herself. Um, so Devin's yeah, I, I, was a lot. Was a little different than Kenny's though. She was just looking for a school to practice at and uh, get better at karate she didn't right. have all those personal beefs and although uh sensei kim you know started some with her and tori let's talk about sensei kim um not that we were purposely tiptoeing around it but uh i uh one of my favorite scenes and i feel like a lot of people have been anticipating this ever since the the second trailer but the um the team up of uh johnny and chosen when they walk into that very first uh cobra kai dojo um they they fight the, the you know the, the blonde sensei and um I, I don't know who was lucky out of that you know depending the two-on-one or whatever but it does get stopped by sensei kim and i just love i just love how she calls johnny daniel LaRusso. like oh he healed up fast or whatever. <laughs> johnny actually looks around like, what yeah. oh she's talking about me i'm not daniel LaRusso. That's and that's true. That was great because she hadn't met either of them yet, and I guess she hadn't uh, googled any pictures of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was hilarious because obviously Terry Silver probably spoke a little, a little, you know, kind of highly of a, uh, you know, chosen Taguchi. 
Um, and I, I do like how she says, you know, you, you, what is it? You don't bark as loud as your blonde friend or so, something like that. Um, she's got some really good lines too. Like, again, I feel this is going to be like the most quoted season. Um, and when I mentioned like, you know, we're going to see so many different screenshots all over the interwebs. I feel w one of the popular ones is going to be when Terry Silver is demonstrating the Quicksilver just because like it's a slow-mo and it's a, you know, close up of, of Thomas. And so, and that look that he gives and, you know, the, the motion, the gesture of it, I, I think it's, um, then we're going to see a lot of that. It's going to be a lot of people's like uh, profile pictures. <laughs> I feel, um, did you uh, have any fight sequences that you um, especially liked? Um, if I have maybe a couple more notes of the finale, and and then we can, um, you know, kind of go back and there's anything else that you want to touch on that we might have missed. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly uh, the fights in the finale. Uh, you know, they saved the best for those. Um, I think uh, Barrett's in the prison was great. Um, the first fight between Daniel and Terry was pretty scary. Um, certainly because of what happens and because you see how outmatched Daniel is. Um, and I liked the the brief one in the bar with Samantha just because of you know that was letting her use her skills to defend her mother um I was scared uh, for uh, for Amanda in that moment I really thought she was going to get punched or something <laughs> uh the the chosen against all of the senseis was great but I guess uh I don't know uh where the fight there's maybe because they're they're able to do fights in every episode now uh i don't want to say i take it for granted but uh there maybe weren't any that stood out like uh the high school fight or um the the prom pool party fight in previous seasons uh what about you what, i'm sure if you remind me uh I'll sure remind. um the the water park uh was interesting because like that's another great um set you know like we you, you mentioned like the the prom we've seen the school fight we've seen the the LaRusso house um the the inside the LaRusso house it was originally supposed to be the backyard of Miyagi Do but due to uh the weather during filming they decided to kind of move it inside and use the LaRusso house instead so um I, I did wonder if we were going to get a fight at Miyagi-Do again uh, in season five, since that was an idea that they had uh, before. But um, but I do uh, find it interesting that the confrontation at the water park did not lead to a fight, which is kind of appreciated. And it's almost kind of similar to the uh, the drive-in in season four, where you almost think that there's going to be a brawl. And then that's the whole like Miguel, Miguel going, uh, you know, no be there, you know, so we uh, have them come to this baseball uh, field and, and they don't show up for this fight and just douse them with water, um, which also Daniel is like, oh, that, that's your answer, you know, um, dousing gasoline to the fire. I forget the thing, but it's like, well, well, it's funny because like, again, Mike from Cobra Kai Wisdom just kind of used like that very same uh, language for his meme. And calling Daniel a hypocrite, you know, with the whole gasoline in season five with chosen. Um, 
I I like the chosen versus the six. I was really hoping for the return of the all six, you know, from uh, chosen and card to get two. I thought that was like a great moment to have that conversation at one point, especially when like uh, chosen and Johnny were um, kind of like sharing battle stories, you know, where it's like. Well, I did this to Daniel. I did this to Daniel. Well, I seen him do this. And Johnny... I'm sorry to interrupt you. I can't believe I forgot the best fight of the season. Which uh, part? Robbie and Miguel in the courtyard. Oh, yeah. We we were kind of like right there in that scene, too. I'll hold my my thought if you want to go ahead and go with that. No, no. You finish, and now I Okay. Um. Yeah, so the, like I, I just love how Johnny like uh you know omits the information that he was the man that he witnessed Daniel use the pressure points on. Uh so I thought that was a fun little detail, but that could have been uh a point where um me I don't know, maybe maybe uh Chosen did say something like that, but it, it could have been like, well, you know, Silver sent uh, a bunch of senseis to um you know to fight me and johnny could have been like well how many did you take down like all six you know like uh it was just uh one i i thought it was a classic line that that might make a return but um i think my favorite fight would have to be chosen versus uh terry silver just because that's not a matchup i ever imagined happening um even all of um prior to go uh, prior to season four's release People were asking me, "Oh, what if Chosen returns?" And I just, I, I kept on telling people, "I don't see it. I, it, it makes no sense to me. I don't know why he would show up." But um, again, that was before I saw season four, and 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 it makes total sense why uh, Daniel would reach out to his karate cousin. So um, that's not a, a matchup I ever imagined happening. So not only did we get that, we get them with weapons, uh, which kind of raises the stakes as well. But the 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 Daniel beatdown with Terry Silver I also thought was very tense because I thought it could have been it being the midseason finale um, I thought that we could have gotten maybe not like a broken back like uh like Superman you know uh, in in the quest for peace you know nothing quite like that but something similar to that um, but we kind of got it you know like Daniel's like nope I'm I'm done I'm you know I'm not going to be there you know this time um, and kind of quits karate but uh, the the fight with all for him hmm. It's the dark night of the soul for him. Oh, right. Yes, absolutely. That That's a great comp. And uh, I I do like the Terry Silver versus Daniel at the end. And I love the return of the crane kick. Um, but uh, like also, I've that was also kind of familiar to me. Like, I don't want to take anything from what they did with Cobra, in Cobra Kai. But like, I don't know if you saw the uh, 1993 film Only the Strong with Mark Dacascus. I've seen it, yeah. Okay, so there's a very similar thing where, like, the lead uh, fights the big bad villain in front of all their their, uh, their respective students and and uh, goons or what have you. So kind of similar there, um, but but just to see chosen with the size and you know him kind of like uh, teasing it early on, like these were for gouging and you know whatever stabbing whatever he says, and then like uh, seeing Terry Silver with a weapon for the first time. Um, you know, he held that katana earlier in the season, but for him to actually use it, because we've seen him fight, we've seen him fight students, um, we saw him fight Johnny a little bit in season four, but not with a weapon. So that's going to have to be my favorite. That really stands out to me. But yeah, uh, that really scared me for Chosen, especially because of what happened. 
absolutely. So the courtyard, um, one thing I want to point out before I forget, uh, I am glad to see that there's another resident at the Reseda Heights. <laughs> yes. Uh, he might be the MVP of the season. Like, yes, <laughs> it's not just the Diaz and the, you know, the Lawrence, you know, uh, Lawrence I that, that lives there. Um, yeah. Did, uh, my 10 year old really thought uh, that it was going to be Robbie kicked off of the second story this time. Um, the, yeah. I, I didn't, didn't think so. I didn't think they would do the same thing again. I, I thought it was a great way to show how far they'd come since the high school fight and how, you know, you, you can find yourself in the other person's position years later and then it clicks. Oh, that's what I did. And sometimes that's what it takes to really see the other person's side. But, uh, uh, I mean, it was very, very well done the way it goes you know, from the ground floor up the stairwell, you know, when it gets out of, Johnny's control and he's worried about it. And it's just, it's just, uh, I mean, great, perf great performances by Tanner and Sholo. Um, and yeah, really takes their characters relationship to the next level for the rest of the season. Absolutely. I, I know a lot of people want to know um, the, the results of that fight because it's been heavily teased uh, from the official account um kind of a highlight as well in the trailers but yeah that that is one clip that they've shared recently uh, on social media is that that very fight and um so i know people are yeah wondering what that's about and so to see that johnny be the catalyst of that like ah you two are just gonna fight it out you know it's something that he just learned from larusso minutes prior uh i, I thought it was great um, but uh, again, kind of like, you know, it's a little heavy. You're probably on the edge of your seat. Like, please, Robbie, don't, don't fall off. Um, you guys please learn, uh, after what happened in season two, which they do, you know, they, they talk it out and it, uh, it kind of ends with the cherry on top. Like they finding out that they're both going to have a sibling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, and it's great that both of their reaction to that was so positive. Like whatever they were going through is nothing compared to this news. Absolutely. I mean, I think it speaks volumes to Miguel that Johnny went all the way down there um, to rescue him. And, you know, Robbie came along. And so Robbie got to see like his dad in actual dad mode, you know, like uh, mom, uh, mama, like daddy bear, you know, has got his uh, senses tingling. And, and so, so he's like, okay, you know, so Johnny has the, like, he, he can do it. Like he's capable of being like a good dad. I'm, I'm watching it. And so um, I think, I think it is earned uh, in that moment where they really like, Hey, you know, that's, that's awesome for you. You know, like I'm, I'm happy for you. I, I feel like it's a genuine wholesome moment uh, that is much needed from, from that three for sure. Um uh, do you have any kind of thoughts on uh, Johnny's reaction to the whole uh, being pregnant? Uh, there is one sequence. I caught this. I need to go back and figure out what episode it was. There was something in the background on the wall. I feel it was in the DS's home that looks like either what appeared to be like a um, 
I don't know, like a like a, maybe a woman's uterus, you know, like a drawing or 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 something. But I was like, what? Why it caught my eye? Because I thought it looked like the flux capacitor. I don't <laughs> think you would have picked up on, on that, but that's just something I caught because I showed you my lotus tattoo on my other arm. It's the uh, the flux capacitor. <laughs> so it just is is a shape that caught my attention. I was like, wait, wait, is that what I thought it was? But I didn't have the remote to pause it at that time. But um, anyway. I like peak Johnny during this moment where he gets lightheaded from the news, like drops the keys. I'm going to pull the, oops, I'm sorry. I think I'm going to pull the van up front, but drops the keys and Carmen's like, maybe I'll drive. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was realistic because it is big news. And Carmen was right that she had enough going on, you know, to not deal with Johnny's reaction to it at the same time. So just, get your grips and we'll reconvene. And obviously Johnny has learned enough, you know, to, to not want to repeat his past mistakes. So he's going to do better this time. And that's not to say it happens right away all at once, but he learns. He he absolutely learns. He did a a little, uh, a lot of goggling. So I'm I'm glad that was a tool that was available to him. Um, And also like, I appreciate it because it was funny. This is going to be a meme, you know, and 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 shared on social media. But uh, what was it, Tiger Glove? Or what was the condoms that he bought that he tried to return? Like, yeah. the pharmacist, she was like, I don't even think you bought that at a real pharmacy. Like, m- my thing would have been like, you can't return that. You didn't buy that here. But, you know, that's not funny, right? That's not a sexy uh, comment. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I did like, like that, that he's blaming the condoms. And then he wants a refund for it. Um Oh, what about the, when Terry Silver walks into the elevator after the uh, ultrasound? Uh, that was surprising because what's he doing there? Yeah, and we still don't know. I mean, because like Daniel has some ideas, right? That was the same episode um, where they decide to go dancing that night, right? Because uh, even Daniel's like, you know, he was probably like, donating kidneys to the black market or something and they just didn't want to think about him like maybe this is it it's over and that's why they decided to go clubbing but um yeah i i was i was scared for both johnny and carmen at that point i know we kind of you know kind of briefly touched on like well they they wouldn't do that on this show i, I would hope not uh the, the whole red wedding thing but um again just like like the threat of uh, carmen's health uh was was a concern of mine for sure but once that man walked into the elevator um i guess uh fortunately i i wasn't thinking that dark so uh <laughs> that's fair i, was, that's I wasn't fair. Wor- i wasn't worried about carmen and yeah, with respect you know to what you're suggesting i'm glad it was just the guys who were taken in the limo that night um and i was mostly worried about Daniel falling for all of Terry's tricks this season because sometimes it's like can't you see this coming <laughs> like this is what he does yeah we just joked about it earlier when we f- first started talking like uh you know these are like how, how did you not see that he was provoking you or may- may- maybe that wasn't um our discussion because this is my second recording of the day but just, just the uh the um, the charity event you know where he just completely embarrasses right. uh, Amanda and um like silver was provoking you how did you not see that obviously he let his emotions get in the way but like that was a a big day for amanda and he really bought into silver's like deception right there 
Yeah, and that that one seemed sort of uh, like really. Did you think uh, Terry Silver was bad mouthing your wife, and then did you think that jumping in and and uh, saying not to listen to Terry would make her look better? Like, but I guess uh, when you're in the heat of the moment, you don't think ahead, and that's what Terry is counting on. Right. Absolutely. Because what what do we um, continue to find out about the season that Daniel fights, you know, for, you know, for friends and family. And so, like, he was defending, you know, Amanda's uh, honor at, at that point, uh, you, you know, like he's standing up for his wife. Um, so, yeah, because, again, he knows how big, uh, you know, how big that day was for her and what what it meant. So um, I and I do like that, that that caused a rift, that that sends Amanda out. And then we see the, the whole Jessica Andrew. So, again, intricate storytelling and they they weave it so well. Um, the uh, w- one last point about episode nine, and then I have one more for the, the um, episode 10. And that's all I have. But the the clubbing scene, what, what did you think about that? Um, not something I expected. I thought they had a lot of fun and the way it ended was also very intense. But I, I think, yeah, I chose this phone call to Kumiko. I, I think that was just, again, him kind of signing his uh, death certificate there. Yeah, oh, uh, you're you're right. That phone call did make me, did give uh, weight to me worrying for him in the fight with Terry Silver. Because it's like, wow, you just unburdened yourself and... So there's nothing left uh, <laughs> hanging over. Um, yeah, uh, the clubbing, uh, it was a nice parallel to the that first sort of double date at the Mexican restaurant. Uh, so they're obviously on much better terms as uh, couple friends now. Absolutely. There's always kind of, kind of like a version of that, isn't there? Like in the uh, third season, there's the... Um... Uh, the, the Christmas party, but we have Allie there. And yeah. this one is like a night out. We have chosen there. Um, season four, I'm trying to remember what happened with those episodes. Honestly, it's, it's weird to see adults do adult leisure activities like that. Because uh, it's like, wow, they have time to go out. I'm so busy working all the time. I mean, I go to movies for work, but uh, you know, I don't really <laughs> go out and do stuff. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I was trying to do stuff when I went down there for Paley Fest. You know, <laughs> I went there for a few days. I'm like, I'm going to be in Hollywood. How is there, like, no clubs? And, and there were, but I think, like, honestly, I mean, for me... Not I, my, if I were going to go out, that is not my scene, but... Yeah. Oh, sure. But, like, for me, I was exhausted. Like, I don't know how you know you guys do it that do get to cover an event like that i was just so so drained i was like man i I really wanted to go out the event is everything like you're not doing something else after that yeah (laughs) yeah i'm back in file right yeah i was i was pretty spent if i have a night off if I mean, yeah, you have to remember, okay, uh, Daniel and Johnny and Amanda's job isn't to go out every night to events. So for them, that's a one-time thing. For me, the one night I don't have to go out, I'm taking advantage of that and not going anywhere. 
that's that's true and you know maybe uh the the fact that like chosen is visiting too there might be a little bit you know something like that maybe you know the girls wanted some dancing and maybe it's like well chosen's here let's let's take him out as well um it, it was yeah just to kind of see like those characters a little out of their element you said you know grown-ups doing grown-up things that you don't typically see so that was that was fun uh them just rocking out to like eye of the tiger later on um but the the, the one thing i kind of been saving not on purpose but uh in the finale we get you know a wrestling heel turn you know by mitch so we um for those that didn't know that penis breath's name was mitch i think maybe that's why we haven't heard anyone else say it like i understand where he's coming from like in uh, he mentions how he didn't even want to leave cobra kai in that second season um it just it, it happened and you know he decided to go with johnny uh due, due to reasons but that this kind of makes sense for the character. Uh, I don't know if people saw this coming, but were you surprised at all? Like after everything that he said? No, it made sense. And it, it makes you wonder if that's another character who's going to get a lot more to do in season six. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, cause they, I don't know if it's a setup, but like they have left the, um, uh, the breadcrumbs there, you know, for something, uh, sh should they go that route with, with Mitch, um, you know, like, yeah, uh, Kyler ends up calling him the name afterwards anyway, but uh, just the, the the whole idea that, um, like, yeah, why would he go back to Johnny after the way Johnny treated him in seasons three and four, you know, never using his real name, um, having the idea of, like, dressing him up as a woman to uh, or a girl to participate, you know, uh, in, in the women's division in, in season four, so... Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot to unpack, and 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 I feel bad. So that's something to kind of keep an eye out for season six whenever that comes out. Um, uh, so I I feel that we kind of like combed through uh, a lot of the episodes and and moments that I could think of. Is there anything else that you might be able to uh, uh anything that you thought that maybe uh we skipped over or or something you wanted to talk about? No, we certainly did. I can't think of anything else. Uh, I have one comment um, that I actually thought that, you know, aside from seeing the um, John Kreese reveal that, that he faked his death again kind of thing and walks off into the sunset, you know, a free man. Um, actually, I felt because of how 80s the whole season felt, I thought there might have been like a stinger with Terry Silver at the very end, <laughs> you know, like like Marvel style that I actually kind of thought that. Um. I didn't think that. that. I thought this might be the season Julie Pierce finally shows up, and it wasn't. So I still have that uh, for next season. Yeah, a, a lot of people were, were thinking that. Um, my thing is like the way it ended. It, it would probably be later in the season. Um, obviously, it was it was not teased. Uh, there was no setup for it, but the fact that. Um, I don't I, I don't think we know exactly what happened with Sensei Kim, right? Um I don't only, think anything definitive. Yeah, only Terry was arrested because of the proof, which um sh shout out to uh, YouTube Premium, you know, where <laughs> where Dimitri uploads that video. Uh <laughs> yeah, so I, I feel yeah, when seasons uh season six starts off, we have to kind of address, you know, what happened with Terry and how's he gonna get out. And then at some point, yeah, what's going on with Sensei Kim? Ha, ha, did, did she um, use this? Go ahead. I could I could see this being the end of Terry's story. Really? Be, uh, yeah, it would be a 
reasonable place to show he came back he turned really bad again and really went too far and faced consequences for it now i'm sure they have more idea i'm sure the creators have more ideas than me and i certainly want to see more thomas ian griffith so you know whatever they have in store is great but uh that his story as of now does feel resolved to me. And as you said, they've introduced such great new characters like Sensei Kim. We would want to, I would want to see more of her and I would still want to see lots of Kenny and Devin along with Tori and Robbie, Miguel and Sam and all of the kids. Yeah. I hope there's room for all of them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And also, Someone who I thought we would actually get in season five, uh, Leah, you know, the kind kind of the love interest for Anthony and Kenny. So when they go back to school, are we going to see Zach again? Are we going to see Leah again? So that's something to keep an eye on because, you know, obviously that hasn't been resolved yet. The, the beef between uh, Kenny and and uh, Anthony. Um, yeah, with uh, yeah, Sunsei Kim. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see uh, what what goes on because I mean Cobra Kai is still there for her to take, and she's owed you know fifty percent according to Terry. So with him kind of gone, I think she is going to be uh, running things, and maybe um, you know that that's going to be uh, what the the kind of the last straw for Daniel to call on Julie Pierce if that's that's the way they're going. Is like well they, they can't have men fighting against the women like right they just addressed that in season four with the uh, all valley tournament, so we do have the Sakai Takai uh, coming up this this um, new tournament which I I had to look it up it it, it translates to world tournament, um, so I, I wonder if they're going global they need to expand their team as well uh, if they have female fighters a female sensei you know who can give some unique insight or whatever i think could be needed so yeah yeah so so much that can happen um i'm trying to think where where else we saw some some of our um characters at the at the very end there so yeah very interesting to see where stingray ends up um how much if any chosen will we get in season six um the uh the other end of that voicemail with kumiko if that gets addressed. So yeah, so many questions. Um, Fred, thank you so much for giving me your time and letting me pick your brain and talking about season five, uh, recapping the whole season. Hopefully we touched on, uh, you know, a lot of the important parts that people wanted to hear. Um, yeah. Thank you so much. And um, do you have any uh, pieces that you can promote that you might've recently released or have uh, planned for Cobra Kai? Yeah, by the time this um by the time this podcast runs, uh my review of the season will be up on UPI and a lot of my interview pieces will be will have already run on Showbiz Cheat Sheet and by the time this runs, I guess some of my spoiler stories will be able to start to run with John Josh and Hayden and uh with some of the actors. Fantastic. Yeah. So um, 
If you guys don't already follow me on Instagram, I am at Cobra Kai Companion, Companion with a K. Uh, Fred, I follow you too. So like um, when I see those articles, you know, I'll share it in the story and and uh, link the article, tag you. So that way people can check those out. If you're in our Facebook uh, group, you know, if uh, when, when I see those articles, I'll, I'll share it in the group like I usually do. Uh, and I, I'm on Twitter at uh, Cobra Kai Pod. Uh, uh, Fred, do you have any handles you want to throw out if people want to give you a follow? Yeah, my main verified one is at Fred Topel, and I also have at Franchise Fred, where uh, I talk all things franchises, of which Cobra Kai and Karate Kid are one of my favorite franchises. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to get in uh, in on that. I, I kind of miss having like uh, uh, film Twitter talk. I, I think it was the hashtag film Twitter. So, um, yeah, uh, for, for the newer listeners, hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation. Uh, please do check out our website, CobraKaiCompanion.com. Uh, I hope that when you hear this, that I, I have updated it completely. Um, at the time of this recording, I still have about 26 interviews to upload to that website to it for it to be updated completely. Um, but there you'll find a listing of all of our uh, interviews at this point, uh, 115, uh, with uh, the cast and crew from the Cobra Kai series and also the uh, Karate Kid films. So we have literally spoken with just about everybody from the from the show and, and the movies that we were able to get a hold of. So um that's gonna do it for this episode uh if you are watching this on youtube please uh, subscribe to the channel if you haven't yet already uh there is definitely more co uh, content content coming including uh, episode breakdowns and other reactions to any new content that comes out so uh thanks again for you guys continued support and we'll see you guys next time Haven't you done enough, princess?